Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. We are talking about celebration, and I know we have some celebrating experts, party experts, especially at the back there with the kids. Uh, What do you need to throw a great party? Yell out some ideas here. If you're online, you can put them in the chat. What do you need? Food. Confetti. Food, music. Friends. There's lots of great stuff. I... I, I love that I've heard food like 25 times already. Like I, I think we get it here. It's, this is great. Really good. <laughs> Probably need Thanksgiving pants with all of the uh, food that's being... <laughs> you know, one of, one of the universal rhythms of every people group anywhere you go in the world is celebration. A celebration can be cultural. Uh, we sent missions teams to Cambodia and they've even come here, uh, the, the kids from uh, Place of Rescue Orphanage, and done their, their dances that celebrate what it is to grow up in Cambodia. Uh, we have friends on our street that go to Kerry Fest every year because they're from the Caribbean area in uh, Central America. Our British friends, right? They remember, remember the 5th of November. We have cal- calendar celebrations that we go to. New Year's is one of those. Uh, celebrations that change... Uh, show the changings of the seasons, like Thanksgiving, and the national holidays, Canada Day, Victoria Day, and of course, every belief system across the world has religious celebrations. And then you get into the individual stuff. Birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, special events. There's so many opportunities to celebrate. And it is. It's important to God. It's a responsive part of being Uh, having his image placed on us that we're able to walk and experience the fullness of life that God intended. Now, just kind of a disclaimer, obviously I'm not saying that everything at every party is honoring to God. We know that sinful brokenness and evil have unfortunately participated under the banner of party or celebration. But whenever we find something in common with every people group in the world, we do need to pause and ask, Why is this so important to God? Why did God place celebration into our DNA? Jesus, or let me introduce him this way, when God became a person, was born into our world and lived among us, the incarnation, Jesus our God was known throughout his earthly ministry as a person who loved to celebrate. So much so that the religious people around him labeled him a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of sinners. He was always at festivals and dinner parties, hanging out with people, taking time to listen to their stories. But get this, Jesus partied with this intention that he was always showing people that his kingdom of celebration, the ultimate party and fullness of life, was ready to break into their lives at any moment. Jesus painted the picture of heaven as being eternally being in God's presence in a party. Food, drinks, dancing, singing, No tears, no pain, endless joy and beauty. All of it to glorify God and to express the deepest love there is for every person. The good news of our faith is that Jesus came to invite us into the greatest celebration we could ever imagine. This celebration is going to definitely ramp up in eternity, but it wants to break into our lives right now. But life is hard, and we do face troubles. 
And we way often, or often too many times, we make a huge mess of our lives. And we forget how loved we are and how precious we are in God's sight. And I say this to my kids, we get very serious. I always say that, we're very serious. We forget we're created in God's image. That we are so loved and saved by God. And that Jesus followers have more to celebrate than anybody else on the face of the planet. And this isn't a new thing. This goes way back to the Old Testament. God's people were reminded to celebrate. In fact, there was five yearly festivals that reminded people, just stop and celebrate. I still hear at times, in fact, it was at a campfire and uh, someone brought it up. Well, the God of the New Testament is the God of love, but the God of the Old Testament, he's the God of wrath. No, no, no. Jesus is the perfect picture. He's the exact representation of the invisible God of the Old Testament becoming a person. And he demonstrates and he invites us into celebration. And God's desire is to be with us, to celebrate with Jesus. So we're going to go to an Old Testament text that teaches us this. Nehemiah chapter 8. If you want to flip there and you've got to go old school like I do, go to Psalms in the middle of your Bible, jump three, verse, uh, three books before that and you'll find it. Um, little heads up here, I am going to do what I, I call taking devotional liberties with the text this morning. I know when we read this, we haven't just come out of slavery and exile from another country. But we have just come out of a pandemic, and it has been a shock to our system. We have been affected in the ways we've been allowed to celebrate for about, what, 16 months, 17 months? And so I think this passage is timely for us. My hope is that it'll encourage us to become and regain what it means to be a partying people. And that we'll learn to celebrate with Jesus. But this isn't a typical text. It actually requires your participation. So it's going to be on the screen. And as I read it, you have one action to do and one line to read. I think you'll figure it out, but I'll try to help us along as I can here. So Ezra, or sorry, Ezra, Nehemiah chapter 8. All the people in the assembly are assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of men, women, and others who could understand, just like this room here. Ezra the scribe, or sorry, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built on the occasion. Beside him were a bunch of people whose names are hard to pronounce. <laughs> Verse 5. <laughs> Ezra opened the book. All people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened the book, the people stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. And they bowed down and they worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, all who have weird names, went on to verse 8. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the, scri and the scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, 
For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this day is sacred, a sacred day. Do not grieve. And then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Amen. What an amazing passage, right? It took place in the seventh month. It was the celebration of atonement. Atonement means to make one, to make at one. It's the process of paying for a wrong, to make amends and restore a relationship. And in this moment, as Ezra the pastor is reading the word, the people realize that they have disconnected with God. They have wronged him, looking more like the world and the culture around them than God's chosen people. And they're upset. They recognize that they've let things take priority over their lives instead of God and their faith. And they begin to weep. And they hear the scriptures read. They just sob. And it actually surprises Ezra the pastor. He was hoping to encourage them with their identity as God's chosen family. The day actually would have started with a trumpet blast of celebration that God had removed their sins and he invites them together to be with him. But their eyes are on how far they wandered away from God. And so the leadership helped them focus. You see, there is a place to recognize our sin and to be solemn about it. But there's also a place to recognize that God is bigger. He's bigger than our sin and he can rescue us. And so in our terms, the pastors and the life group leaders are sent through the congregation as this is being read to explain the good news of the word. To remind the people that while they couldn't make amends for their sin, God made a way. He made a way to remove their debt and cover their sins and take it away from them. And so it's time to celebrate because what was impossible for man, nothing is impossible for God. And I love this about God. We see it in Jesus, the man of joy. Well, there's a place for grief and solemnness. Holiness is actually connected to joy. Verse 11, read this, or uh, it says, This day is sacred. Do not grieve. This day is holy. Do not grieve. And often Christians still today think that deep spirituality is being serious. But the truth is deep spiritual people laugh and joke and are full with the richness of life. Richard Foster is one of these guys. He wrote some of the best books on spiritual discipline, but he was known for his jovial demeanor. I watched a, a video with him in Bible college, and I was shocked at how happy someone could be while they talked about discipline. Having a deep faith means being deeply connected in relationship to Jesus. And Jesus offers to take our pain, our sin, our hurts, and our cares upon himself so that in obedience we can have joy and gladness and thankfulness. It is actually hard to be heavy-hearted when we know that Jesus paid it all. He made atonement for us, and it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What do we call celebration days on our calendar? Holidays, right? Holidays. We celebrate holy days. This August long weekend, 
It's Heritage Day. I was looking it up, and it's funny because it's actually an optional holiday. <laughs> my vote, this isn't prescription, but my vote is let's take the holiday. We get to find joy on this holy day weekend. My cousin uh, got married a few years ago, and my dad and I were asked to co-lead the service. And my dad did the sermon part, and I was asked to do uh, some of the ceremony and pray. And before praying, I stood before my extended family and their friends. Most of them weren't believers. Uh, Most of them I hadn't met. And I reminded them about how Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. And and just to remind us, he, he made about 600 liters of wine and gave it to a wedding party that had already finished the wine that was there. And there's a ton of symbolism in this story, but it, it, it mattered to God that celebration was joyful and that this new couple and their family was honored. And so I challenged this wedding crowd that I was speaking to. I said, you need to party today like it, this marriage matters to God. And cheers and applause erupted. And it actually surprised me. I wasn't ready for that. And, and just, again, disclaimer to be clear, I wasn't telling people to get drunk. Yeah, that happens at weddings. We see it. But afterwards, people were coming up and they were shocked. They had never been blessed by a minister of the gospel to have a party. And yet, we were at a wedding. It's the actual picture that Jesus used us to show us what heaven is like. A wedding party. Look at how Ezra blesses the people and he challenges them in verse 10. Go. Enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. The pastor of the people tells them, stop being upset and go and celebrate. God is good. He saves us. He provides for us. It's time to party. If you want to honor God on this occasion, Ezra's saying, go and celebrate. Christians should be known as the party people because Jesus died for us and we have everything to live for. We live with abundance of the kingdom. We have so much to celebrate. The overflow of it goes to those who don't have it. And so it shouldn't be a shock to see us celebrating. In fact, this is a good thing. It's poor theology and poor discipleship to be no fun at all. That's good news. But we're coming out of a strange year. And we've gotten used to hiding from people. And we're kind of looking at the world as this virus-filled, fear-filled place. And and just an example is up until COVID, we used to host a Canada Day uh, pancake breakfast on our driveway, and then COVID shut that down. And we used to get about 100 neighbors to come and eat pancakes with us on Canada Day. We want our street to know that that we love to party and that they're always invited to join us. But this year, it, it felt strange. And we kept it small. We didn't decide to have a party, but we kept it small because we weren't sure. I mean, it was the first day restrictions were lifted on Canada Day. And, uh, but just a couple weeks before, our daughter, she says, we should do French toast for Canada Day this year. And we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we should do anything. The next day, Rhea goes to the grocery store. 12 loaves of bread for $4? Okay, God, we get it. You want us to party. We had about 22 of us, including our family, and it was an awesome time. 
And when it was done, Rhea and I looked at each other, and it was almost like at the exact same time we said, we looked at each other, we're like, wow, we're like, we are rusty at partying. <laughs> We've got to practice this way more often. Maybe it's been a while since you've thrown a party or have attended one. Maybe you're not even there yet. Maybe you're not ready to re-enter the world of socialization. And again, I understand with some medical stuff, please don't feel I'm putting pressure on you. But I've heard a lot of great excuses. Two of the most common, I'm an introvert or my kids have a nap schedule. Whatever your excuses. Could I challenge you to pray about this? Could I encourage you with the words of Scripture that when the people were feeling down and they weren't sure they were ready to party, they didn't know if they had it in them to bust loose and eat and drink with their family and friends. Ezra stood up, the pastor, and he reminded them, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus loves to celebrate, and he will give you the strength to party with him and with others. Verse 12 is such a beautiful picture of this obedience to God. The people listen to their pastor. I love that. <laughs> and the life group leaders went out and translated the words to help them understand. And it says later in the passage that they put on the celebration of the ages. They called it the best party since the days of Joshua. Verse 12, Then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. They had so much joy and strength given to them that in verse 18 we actually find out that they were able to party for seven days straight. And you, you know, most of us are lucky to make it a couple hours before we're exhausted. Yet we, we serve a God who is preparing us for an eternal celebration. And so, church family, it is time we take our training seriously. We need to practice the party. <laughs> by his grace and by his word, we can do this. His joy is our strength. The kingdom of heaven wants to break into our lives our homes, our streets, our county, because Jesus is a celebrating God. We keep our eyes on Jesus, we enter the celebration, and together as a church family, we join with our neighbors who maybe don't know Jesus yet. God loves us, and he loves the people who live around us. And so honoring God means to honor his kids. It means honoring the kids who know him, and it means honoring the kids who are still lost. Celebrating in a way that shows God is good, his joy and abundance are an invitation to everyone. And I long for this. I long for the time in the tri-region area that when this county wants to throw a party, they call the churches and they say, can you teach us how to party? Because when it comes to a good time, there's nobody on earth who celebrates like you guys do. The crazy Jesus people. We have never seen so much fun and freedom than when you guys party. Teach us how to celebrate. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's part of our calling. We get to do this. So in a minute, we're going to celebrate in song again together. But I have one challenge that I want you to try. The next time you host a party or attend a party, or maybe it's even just getting together with somebody or a couple or a family or a group, whatever it is, 
Ask God this question. How do you want me to demonstrate your kingdom at this celebration? Is it a choice food? Is it a sweet drink? Is it including somebody who isn't prepared to celebrate? Is it blessing them where they're at? We used to ask this question this way in our little church plant in Edmonton. What needs to be wrapped in bacon at this party? (laughs) But ask Jesus, what would demonstrate that you are my king when I show up? And then go all out because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.